Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Yesterday, yesterday, our president held a press conference to reflect on the weekend, and he started it in the most Joe Biden way possible. Please sit down. I apologize for keeping you waiting. We were uh, playing with elevators. <laughs> Long story. Yeah, Jack. We're playing the elevator game, one where you see someone coming, you go to press the door open, but hit the door closed, you panic and try to press the door open again, and then accidentally hit the alarm bell, and now you're talking with the fireman on the talk box, learning all the curse words in Italian, you got a, you got a beautiful language, Giacomo, told you it was a long story. <laughs> gotta, gotta push the, gotta. A reporter asked Biden about his low approval rating, and he shrugged it off. The polls are going to go up and down and up and down. Pretty accurate description of his polls. <laughs> also a pretty accurate description of his elevator game. Boy, yeah. the crowd just shrieking with laughter. That was mildly amusing at best. You have some explanation. Do we have that clip from yesterday, the, uh, the Australian show commenting on something Joe Biden said about infrastructure and everything like that. We should play that again. And then Joe said he can cover for the president because Joe well, is a, to some extent. Joe, a Joe Biden apologist, well-known. I have that clip. <laughs> Flaming liberal Joe Getty. That's right. Welcome back to the Friday Showdown. Let's dive into this week's edition of What in God's Name is Joe Biden Trying to Say? No little expression, time is money. As one computer said, if you're on the train... And they say Portal Bridge, you know you better make other plans. Uh, let's let's go over Ooh. what he just said there. Let's just not ignore that. Let's go over it. As one computer all right, said. Now, you know what? The, the Aussie gal is not I- I- important. Let me uh, see. I've had it explained what he was trying to convey. Okay. Um, and I, I came across that last night, and then I hadn't heard the clip again again till today. Um, and, uh, it's, it's terrible. It is terrible. He was talking about, he says, you know, there's an old saying, which comes across as, oh, la, 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 saying. (laughs) The time is money. That part's coherent. As one commuter says to another. Not computer. He says computer. So you got, oh, la, 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 and computer Something that what was the bridge? The name of the bridge? It's a, a portal. Br- the portal bridge. It's a notorious, like interchange in the New Jersey rail system that I'll frequently your, gets screwed up. I'll take your word for the it. The portal bridge. Yeah, well, you can't assume we all know that. And so, if you hear that there's a delay at the portal bridge, you realize you might have to alter your plans for later in the day because it will take you a while to get where you are going. Now that I understand that, it's 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 not much better. No little expression. Time is money. As one computer said, if you're on the train and they say portal bridge, you know you better make other plans. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's with, just incoherent. With your Even if you know what he's trying to say, it's incoherent. Okay. So that's why they need more money for bridges would be the... Oh. Finish. Is that what we were talking about? I think so. All, 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 all saying. This just in, Angela Merkel, who's in her waning days as a uh, Fuhrer of Germany. Nazi Germany. I believe Chancellor is her title. Chancellor. Anyway, she just announced new, quote, severe restrictions coming for unvaccinated people in Germany. 
hasn't announced what those are yet. Wow. Severe restrictions. Um, one reply was, I think they should put stars on the unvaccinated, and then if they still don't comply, I think they should be put in camps. Oh, boy. <laughs> A little on the nose there, but I, I appreciate the effort. You know, I, I was going to talk about this earlier today, but and we can talk about it at some point, but I'm just going to scan headlines here. More than 100 top nuclear scientists with highest security clearances have been let go or suspended without pay because they refused to get the vid shot in the United States. As correction officers quit in droves, prisons get even more dangerous. Wow. That's kind of a snowballing thing where... There's a lot of COVID in the prisons, and a lot of guards are either getting sick or saying, I don't want to be there in the COVID den. And the vaccine mandates, people don't want those, so they get more and more shorthanded. The guys who are working have to work longer and longer hours with fewer and fewer coworkers next to them in a lot of states. And it's, so it's becoming more and more dangerous. Some of the numbers, you got four guys on shift to manage 3,200 prisoners. I mean, it's just scary and dangerous and diseasey um and there there's another about uh, we had the clip yesterday about uh, new york city fire department might have to close a dozen or 15 of their station houses because people aren't down with the vaccine mandates american airlines had that horrendous weekend uh four figures with the flights canceled and they said yeah it was uh, uh weather it was windy in dallas and uh, yeah air traffic control just like southwest yeah same thing but everybody knows it was the pilots uh, taking a uh, taking a bit of a day off, saying "Don't mandate us." I, you I know had an interaction with a local police officer in my own burg, where he said, "Yeah, we're we're behind because uh, we got a lot of police officers are out because of the the vaccine mandate." I mean, it's happening everywhere: mm-hmm. hospitals, prisons, as you mentioned, cops, schools. firefighters, schools. You remember how the teachers' unions howled that the little kids couldn't get educated? Until there was a vaccine available. And now a substantial number of the people won't take it. Yeah. Yeah, this this is a growing crisis. And uh, I don't know where I am on this now that I got the sickest I've ever been in my life while vaccinated. I just, I don't know. I don't know what the data says. Well, there are people who want to leap to conclusions and say, see, it's not a, it's not a vaccine. It's useless. It's fake. It's, it's highly imperfect. It helps, but no, it's not It's not as effective as some other vaccines you're used to, no. It's super effective in presenting or preventing uh, hospitalization and death. Right. I got a tetanus vaccine long, many years ago. I've never had lockjaw. Not one time. Exactly. exactly. So it pales in comparison. I Nor have you, I had but, polio. Not a single, not even a mild case of polio. But whether you got old Angela Merkel or your local uh, superintendent or the chief of the police or, or whatever, who are demanding everybody, mandating everybody get vaccines, um, that crisis is about to spiral out of control because they are not getting the compliance they thought they would. Well, what do you think the answer is? I don't think the people are going to cave. It seems like they got all the leverage. I think the public has got to cave. Well, they got some of the leverage. If you're not making a living, that's no good. Yeah, man, that's a tight one, though. Okay, we'll fire you then. And we'll hire a bunch of new people. And that'll only take us... Six months? Two Depends years? on your gig, right? Five years? If you're I mean, talking about unloading a truck at the grocery store, it can be tomorrow. If you're talking about uh, doctors, nurses, teachers, a lot longer. Cops? Takes a long time to train a cop. Firefighters. How long is the process to hire firefighters for the uh, New York Fire Department? Don't know. Got to be a while. 
have a whole bunch of, have a dozen firehouses closed in the meantime? Doesn't seem doable. Oh, and, and wait till the peeps have, uh, you know, some medical emergency, and it takes 20 minutes for a firefighter from the neighborhood, uh, you know, 12 blocks over to get there. People Sorry. are not going to be happy about that. Well, and as we've talked about many times, doing ride-alongs with the fire department, when you're, when you're most likely to see a fireman is not when your house is on fire. It's when you're having a heart attack or your kid choked on something or whatever. Right. And, uh, you know, they didn't show up on time, and, you know, granddad died or your kid choked or whatever, but... You know, at least we're sticking into them on the whole vaccine thing. Are you okay with that? Yeah, I wonder. This, Like I said, this story has only begun. We're in the very opening chapters of mandate versus worker shortage. So, you know, we'll we'll keep covering it for you, obviously. I got I to believe the airlines, the pilots have, have the leverage right now. Yeah, oh, they absolutely do. Yeah, in that case, 100%. In the prisons, they literally have, like, people who are supposed to be teachers and dentists working as corrections officers just to cover the shift. Oh, my God. I'm a dentist? Yeah. And I'm I'm walking up and down the aisles. You got the keys and the baton? Trying to keep the buggery from happening or whatever my job is. Well, there's, there's no time for that. There's no time for that. There's always time for buggery, Joe. (laughs) <laughs> That's a good point. That's good. Fair enough. Um, depends what state you're in. California has a different situation because California pays its corrections officers way, way more than anybody else does. So, uh, you know, check your local listings. You look at a race like the whole uh, the the Virginia governor thing, which we've been talking about a little bit, and um, and we've talked about information silos and how how people. They can't even understand what the other side... How could they possibly think that way? I have a great example, this editorial that's in the Washington Post, for the love of heaven, this morning, about the uh, the final days of the Youngkin-McAuliffe thing. I'm reading this, my jaw is dropped. Awesome. It's insane. This guy is either dangerously psychotic completely deluded or completely comfortable with lying. We'll hit you with that in a moment or two. If you haven't gotten a Let's Go Brandon t-shirt at armstrongandgetty.com, uh, you're missing out. Makes a fabulous gift to armstrongandgetty.com. L-G-B! Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The gaming platform Roblox went offline over the weekend for more than 24 hours, forcing kids to spend Halloween weekend outside. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) Roblox, my kids have done some uh, time with that. That one's got a little you can maybe possibly justify. There's some learning involved there. Eh, Are you saying roadblocks or Roblox? I'm not saying the duh. Okay. Roblox. And and are they like blocks you build with? There's all kinds Online? of building okay. involved, yeah. Okay, that uh, reminds me of uh, What's-Its-Face. Uh, the other one everybody likes so much. Where do you build stuff? And you, like, have hogs. Alex, help us. What's Minecraft. Minecraft, thank you. thank you. That's it. Please. <laughs> We keep a young man in a cage, and when we need a young man's perspective, we just poke him with a stick. I was thinking Lincoln Logs. Yeah, that's that's what I meant, Lincoln Logs. You know, once, uh, I think some people are hip to this, some people are not. 
you run into somebody, maybe you become aware of somebody who politically they think they think completely different from you, and they might have different attitudes about life because they're different. There are absolutely different mindsets. Uh, Thomas Sowell has written some beautiful stuff on that. On the other hand, they might just be coming into contact with completely different information from you, mm-hmm. and and they see the masthead. And the fancy font of one of your vaunted legacy media publications, the, the cathedrals, I'm calling it. Um, and they think, well, th- those people would not just out and out lie to me. I mean, the Washington Post would not publish out and out lies. Of course, they do all the time. Um, but I came across a couple of uh, editorials. People are reading these things from some of our most heavyweight uh, so-called journalistic organizations. I'll just hit you with a little bit of of each one. The headline here, it's a piece by Greg Sargent in the WAPO. Glenn Youngkin's repulsive final push reveals a dark truth for Democrats. And they're talking about him bringing up the realities of schools and what's being taught in schools and some of the social justice stuff and the critical race theory stuff, which we have urged, as you come across that in your classroom, send it to us, and we get reams of it. Okay, reams of it. Kids being taught to divide each other by race, the oppressor narrative, all of it. Sometimes it uses the actual words critical race theory. Sometimes it doesn't. But it's once you get to know it, it's recognizable. So anyway, so here's this, here's this piece by Greg Sargent. With Virginia voters set to elect a governor, Republican Glenn Youngkin's final messages are positively overflowing with sunny calls for unity. One closing ad features footage of African-American families smiling and strolling as Youngkin piously claims his campaign is about, quote, parents who want a better education for their kids. Let me jump in there. Yeah, some of us actually want school choice, so, like, black kids in terrible schools can get to better schools. Anyway... It's a repulsively cynical finale after a campaign built heavily around stoking white grievance with attacks on phantom critical race theory in schools. Oh, wait a minute. Wait, the the very Virginia Department of Education says teachers must learn and understand and uh, and believe in all of the critical theory stuff. The, The Department of Education says that. But it's white grievance and a phantom. But this duplicity has benefited from a hidden ass assist. For months, Yunkin and his allies have pumped that raw right-wing sewage directly into the minds of the GOP base behind the backs of moderate swing voters via a right-wing media network that has no rival on the Democratic side. Oh, that's hilarious. Now that's rich. Would you like to take that one? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, conservative <laughs> media has no rival on the Democratic side. There are a lot of people who believe that. All that other media that's not Fox or um, the Washington Examiner, everything else pretty much, is just mainstream media. I mean, that's just it's right down, down the, the middle. middle. It's very fair. That's just trying to be fair. Everything you're, else is so. so there's you're no out of your mind or you're effing stupid. Yeah. I know plenty of people that think NPR is just, you know, it's just 100% down the middle. They're just calling them as they see them. Unbiased. All right. Yeah. Yeah. They talk about uh, breeding uh, white uh, white fear of the black man, the right-wing media playing a ra- major role. Consider critical race theory or CRT. Uh, this will partly be a referendum on whether the issue can lure back the suburbs. Uh, Yunkin and his allies have transmitted some of their most visible and hallucinogenic versions of the anti-CRT demagoguery straight to the base via right-wing media, right-wing gutter politics. 
Wow. Well, you have to keep in mind that politics, you know, local politics, individual races trying to get communism installed. The idea that you can't lie is hilarious. What are you, six years old? These people lie routinely because they know the populace won't swallow their uh, philosophies. And they know that the populace, well, they believe the populace is too dumb to properly uh, understand their genius and how you have to force it on them. It's been part of Marxism since the beginning. But then I ran into this one. This is on MSNBC. I will never forgive y'all for how y'all mistreated Jussie Smollett by Kenny Williams Jr. January 29th, 2019, the world got a first-hand glimpse into just how devastating the effects of cancel culture can be and its glaring hypocrisy for black queer people. On this day, Jussie Smollett, they go into his, his credentials, reported his assault to the Chicago police, citing racist and homophobic slurs being hurled at him while being physically beaten. And they talk more about his rise to fame. Uh, Smollett would soon face allegations of orchestrating a hate crime for attention with the 16 felony counts. The allegations in social media chatter were loaded to the brim with homophobic and racist undertones, proving what many of us suspected from the jump. Smollett was being persecuted in real time because of who and what he identifies as. I mean, just completely rewriting that entire incident. That That's on is... MSN today. Quite amazing. If you miss an hour, go to armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Exploitation of people and nature and the planet. No more exploitation. No more blah blah blah. No more whatever the f- they're doing inside there. You can shove your climate crisis up your arse. You can shove your climate crisis up your arse. You can shove your climate crisis. You can shove your climate crisis. You can shove your climate crisis up your arse. Greta Thunberg's all grown up. She's using nasty language. She used to be a cute little kid who just told us that we were destroying her dreams or childhood or we'd stolen her childhood. Something or other. Yeah, which I, I destroyed, which I had. You have stolen my dreams, stolen my dreams. childhood, with your empty words. Right. Anyway, that was her as a little kid last time around when they had the climate conference. Now she's all grown up and she's using bad language F bombs, A bombs. Well, that whole song they're singing, I'm confused. That's just, there's a double reverse happening there, and I don't quite get it. Yeah, I guess she's singing what the climate conference is saying to them, or I don't know. Blah 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 blah. Um, so I'm following some of this. I don't know what the answer is. I think the planet's probably getting warmer, <laughs> but uh, how we're going to stop it? How much damage we ought to do to our economy when the rest of the world, China, for instance, doesn't give a crap? I don't know. That's a tough one. But um, I was following this guy. Who is this dude? His name is Bjorn Lomborg. I wish that was my name. That's a pretty good name, Bjorn Lomborg. Good name. Yeah, strong. He's got an op-ed for the New York Post today. He said, leaders would be well advised not to follow the tradition of empty promises with eye-watering costs and little climate benefits. Instead, they should drastically ramp up funding for green energy innovation. Okay. Well, that's, I've been saying a space race to 
legit new technologies as opposed to eye-watering investments in the current technologies, which are barely adequate. Well, they're not adequate. They, they can't possibly deliver the electric power that we need. Everything, Wind mills yeah. and solar, please. What a joke. Yeah, everything. So more, more, more carrots, less sticks. I mean, the, this whole, like, everything's a punishment, and that's never going to work. Everything is a punishment, either an economic punishment or you just your life is not as good. Prior to Tesla, it was, um, you know, tiny cars that with not much power. And that's why people didn't buy them. It's like, you know, it was a step backwards in terms of the enjoyment of driving. Mm-hmm. You got to you got to have things that are, are as good. They just happen to also be good for the climate. That's what we've got to come up with. That's our only way out of this mess, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, although we're still going to have the problem with China, which, because they've got this electricity shortage, they're now, they are putting online more additional coal this year than the entirety of what Europe burns. But there's got to be, there have, there have got to be technologies that will end up being better than coal. It just, it's just all around better. And the fact that it's better for the climate is good for the rest of us. China doesn't care. It just happens to be a byproduct of the fact that you're now using this. I think that's the only way we're going to fix this problem. Nuke. Go nuke. Nuclear yeah. power plants all over the world, and we'll shoot the radioactive waste into space. Let the maybe, Martians deal with it. Maybe kind of a micro example would be me driving a Tesla. I'm driving a Tesla because it's actually better. I mean, I, I love not paying for gas. I'm not doing it because it's green. That had no role in it whatsoever for me that it's good for the, pl- pl- the planet. It was mm-hmm. all, it's super fast. I think it's a cool car, and I don't have to buy gas. That's what we need. We need more technologies that are all win, 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 and there's no downside. Some of you will will make sacrifices for green. Good for you. But most of the world, and certainly many of the countries, are not going to. Anyway, uh, Bill Gates has just announced that this big climate thing, a 1 billion euro catalyst program for something. This might be about what Joe was just talking about. Bill Gates and people like him offering a billion euros toward come up with a better idea for, <coughs> you know, wind power or something. But back to the over-the-top rhetoric that this guy was mocking. Here are some of the things that have been said at this conference so far. The metaphors were dramatic and mixed at the start of the talks, known as the COP26. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson described global warming as a doomsday device strapped to humanity. Oh! United Nations Secretary General, General Antonio Guterres told his colleagues that humans are digging our own graves. Oh! <laughs> Joe reacts once again Ooh. with bitter disappointment. Scary! And uh, also added moral thunder warning leaders to not allow the path of greed and selfishness to sow the seeds of our common destruction. A doomsday device strapped to humanity, digging our own graves of common destruction. Again, I think the only way out is stuff that we just actually like, because it just works better. Hey, it's cheaper to keep my house at the temperature I want now because of nuclear power. And that's why I adopt it. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, well, that would certainly help. I well, mean, I'll if some what's... of their more doomsday-ish <laughs> predictions were true, then then you wouldn't need what you're describing. I mean, I'm not going to put out a fire in my house because, you know, it's uh, somehow more economical than burning to death. I, I just I don't want to burn to death. So if the climate's actually like at risk of just 
catastrophe, well, then, yeah, people will take uncomfortable measures. Yeah, but we clearly don't believe that, right? Not not strongly enough. Uh, I mean, that seems obviously true. Despite sure. what a lot of you uh, y- on the left would like, you haven't sufficiently scared the planet with the talk of digging our own graves and doomsday devices strapped to our backs, obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean... If if people were that worried, practically everybody would be driving an electric car already just out of the, oh, my God, we're all going to die. My children are going to burn up. People obviously don't feel that strongly about it. Right, right. I heard one right-wing lunatic say, sell your parka, buy a tank top. Oh, that's right. That was me. <laughs> right-wing <said> lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> sell your parka, buy some shorts and flip-flops. It's, it's kind of interesting. And uh, knowing Homo sapiens the way I know Homo sapiens, would we be willing to dig our own graves out of just convenience of continuing to do it the way we've done it before? Yes. Yes, we probably would. But clearly the over-the-top rhetoric is just not cutting it. It's just not making it's not making the dent you hope it is. Boris Johnson, Joe Biden, Barack Obama, um, Bill Gates, whoever it is that's screaming at me, Greta Thunberg. Yeah. Well, they're saddled with uh, the fact that they have very little credibility. I mean, every single weather phenomenon that either happens or doesn't happen is blamed on climate change to the point of absurdity. Yeah, that would help. That would help if you'd, if you'd quit overstating it. Well, and they came out of the, uh, the gate with Al Gore and his inconvenient truth, which is, you know, for the last 10 years been widely recognized as being utterly ridiculous. That's a, not a good start. Massaging his adductors with $100 bills ever since he got in the climate change. Thing. Good good tie in there. That was well oh, done. Shit. Yeah, Google it. Google Al Gore's adductors. Prepare to be horrified. <laughs> oh, boy. So we got any more clips from the big quiz? Oh, how, how, how much do you worry about it? Climate a change. little. I'm aware of it. I mean, I'm not trying to be a... Uh, I don't know what I'm not trying to be. I don't know what I'm trying to be or not trying to be. But you I just plan to fail. You fail to plan. Whoops! I, what? And I don't even know why. But I just, I just don't worry about it much. Uh, well, partly because you're raising kids, you're busy. You got stuff going on. You got the uh, Fauci's hot and sour bat fever. And I, well, yeah. Uh, and I am living in the United States where I'm comfortable, and I don't worry about it much. How about people who live in countries where you got plenty to worry about, whether it's the economy or a military coup? Or uh, warlords or whatever, they're not. Your kids about are it. starving. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely not worrying about it. Uh, excuse me, there's only two cars in my village, and you're telling me we got to cut down on you know auto emissions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. No, I hear you. They're up against it. Uh, it'll be. Uh, I hope I live long enough to to see you know w- w- what it looks like if this pans out because I could uh, well you know not to talk this thing to death but I could easily see we get to a certain point and then the way the atmosphere deals with this gas or that gas changes it's kind of a self correcting mechanism probably happened during the age of the de- uh, the dinosaurs and I don't I don't know I just I'm not convinced a that this is uh, a, a a continuum and not a pendulum. Um, I'm also not at all convinced that the measures that the developed world are taking are even close to enough to change the course we're on. 
especially given the the current technology. In no, fact, I'm, I know given the current technologies, they're not. No, yeah, I'm I'm quite convinced from what I've read that the United States can't fix the problem on its own. And if we can't get other countries on board, then it, then there is no advantage to us destroying our economy. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Hey, give me forty-two, Michael, just for chuckles. Yellow. Here we go. When so. the cost of a gallon of gasoline gets to above three hundred three dollars and thirty-five cents a gallon, it has profound impact on working-class families just to get back and forth to work. So I don't see anything inconsistent with that. But I do think that the idea that. Russia and Saudi Arabia and other major producers are not going to pump more oil so people can have gasoline to get to and from work, for example, is, uh, is, 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 not, is not right. But, uh, and what we're considering doing that, I'm reluctant to say before I have to do it. You know, they ought to have him talk less. Well, they're trying. Well, I'm bad at care. I know it's it, however much it is it's still too much that was utterly incoherent. I well, was would hoping... it help if we to let you know that so Biden Biden has called on OPEC and Russia to pump more oil and he was asking you know how does that fit in with it you're asking these these uh outlets to pump more oil but you claim to be anti-fossil fuel and everything like that and he's trying to make the argument that it's not inconsistent. Yeah, it's a little inconsistent. But you have some... Of course it is. That was this, that was not an explanation. It was incoherent. You have some political problems around. You're getting the price of gas hung around your neck. Right. So uh, that's what's going on there. Well, and the idea that we, the most careful oil extractors in the history of the world, the United States, should stop extracting oil and instead farm that out to other, you know, third world republics and totalitarian regimes is just so idiotic. I mean, if you accept the fact that it's a global climate, how could you possibly justify that? We're not using less oil. We're just making them drill for it. It's 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 just crazy. It's it's hypocritical. There's no good argument for why we aren't constantly talking about how we're going to switch over to nuclear power for this or that. We should be talking about that all the time. Yep. People have fears or concerns, legitimate or illegitimate. we got to address them. But, yeah, absolutely true. We have it within our grasp to more or less fix the thing, and we won't. So it's not an existential threat, then? You can't claim it's an existential threat, but say, but nuclear's off the table for a variety of reasons. Hippies don't like it, so. Right. It's like, you know, I, I went on a small rant at the beginning of the show today. My high, my blood pressure is really high. Um, I, I thought it was much better than it was. I've been living like I sh- can't live at this point in my life. And sure enough, my blood pressure is real high and I'm scared. Seriously, it's bad. Um, if I were to say that and say, but I'm not going to lose any weight. I mean, yeah, exactly. Come on. Same thing. Well, then as my doctor, you gotta throw up your hands and say, enjoy the morgue. Or, or whatever, or a stroke. If you're not going to get serious about it, quit pretending you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm so concerned about the climate. It's an existential threat. We're going to cook ourselves alive. Every human on Earth will be dead and every animal. Uh, but a nuclear power plant, oh, no, no, no. That's got a tiny chance of, like, leaking waste. Forget it. We're going to finish strong. We always do. That's next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
Throughout the last three months, I've been straightforward about my con concerns that I will not support a reconciliation package that expands social programs and irresponsibly adds to our $29 trillion in national debt that no one seems to really care about or even talk about. Nor will I support a package that risks hurting American families suffering from historic inflation. Simply put, I will not support a bill that is this consequential without thoroughly understanding the impact that it'll have on our national debt, our economy, and most importantly, all of our American people. Not to get all over dramatic on you, but someday Joe Manchin might be called the guy who saved America, the man who saved America. He, he's, you have to understand West Virginia. It's a red state, man. He is a Democratic senator in a very red state. He's hardly a Democrat at all. He's just an old, the coal miners and the history of West Virginia is you're a Democrat and there's enough of that history that you still get elected with a D next to your name, but you're a Republican essentially. And everything he said, I agree with. He, he sounds like one of the great fiscal conservatives of the Republican Party right there. And I appreciate it. And the other aspect of this thing that he's not into is that unholy and bizarre strategy that Nancy kind of was forced into and Joe Biden did nothing to disrupt where they're not going to vote on the bipartisan, more or less reasonable infrastructure bill unless they get the giant turn America into France bill. And he resents that and he thinks it's stupid. Clip 31. For the sake of our country, I again, and I am urging all of my colleagues in the House to vote and pass the bipartisan infrastructure bill. It's bipartisan, 69 votes. We worked on that for many, many months. As I've said before, holding that bill hostage is not going to work to get my support of what you want. It's what we should all agree on and work through the process. I'm open to supporting a final bill that helps move our country forward, but I'm equally open to voting against a bill that hurts our country. And I've been very clear about that also. Amen to that. And how would you describe the process that we've all been witnessing of the president saying we have a bipartisan compromise, then whipsawing the nation and declaring that they won't pass the one without the other, then Nancy fighting the squad and the rest of it. 32, he describes what he perceives as the process. What I see are shell games, budget gimmicks that make the real cost of the so-called $1.75 trillion bill estimated to be almost twice that amount. Compromise is not good enough for a lot of my colleagues in Congress. It's all or nothing, and their position doesn't seem to change unless we agree to everything. Enough is enough. I'm not saying the guy's a saint, but stick to your guns, Joe. Stick to your guns. There's already an Elvis of throats in now presenting Armstrong and Getty. I'll be danged. Now, here's your host for Final Thoughts, me, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew, beginning with, in the control room, pressing the buttons, our technical director, Michelangelo. Michael, final thought? Yeah, kind of sad to see Greta Thunberg, the sweet little girl, turn into a profane adult. It's just <laughs> kind of sad, you know? 
Right, it's like when uh, Hannah Montana got all slugged. Exactly, it's just like that. Very disappointing, yeah. Uh, young Alex is our behind-the-scenes producer doing a bang-up job. Alex, a final thought for us? I made a big pot of chowder last night. Chicken, corn, bacon, it came out really good. I wanted to share it with my friend Taylor here in the newsroom. She had made a Russian borscht to share with me, so we both brought each other soup. I thought it was kind of funny, without planning it at all. Oh, a soup exchange. Love it. Jack, do you have a final thought you'd like to share with us? Yeah, when I've got COVID and I'm at home, ain't nobody's bringing no soups in or anything like that. But when I'm... Yeah, come on. Come on. Come on. I, when I'm at the radio station, bring the soup. When I'm at home, the, don't bring soup to work. Oh, that kills me. Yeah, well, nobody's bringing it to your home. I, I painted unclean on your door in bright red paint in the night, so stay back. Man, that sounds delicious, Alex. My final thought is... I. I I've accomplished all sorts of things in my life. I'm not going to bore you with the list. I've had a pretty good life. I can't get my act together to start making smoothies. I'm just too intimidated by it. That's funny. What gear do I need? What's the recipe? Where do I get? What do I? That's that's one of the few things I'm good at is regular smoothies. I've got to get started with smoothies. And once you get in the groove and you start buying your bulk frozen the smoothie groove. Come on. (laughs) Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. Go watch the Let's Go Brandon video. It's hilarious at armstrongandgetty.com. God bless America. Point of personal privilege. What in God's name? What's going on here? I'm not allowed to make any comments. Let me say, let me say one thing. LGB. What percentage of the people are on drugs? 80%. You and when it's over, it is over. It is over. I, are you sure of that, dude? I said bye. Let's go, Brandon. Whatever the f*** they're doing inside there. Now, I know you guys are having fun playing your game. Quit playing games. That high note? Thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty.